Hey everyone. It's a great time to talk about um, death and renewed life and neurogenesis and hope. Um, because in the, um, the tearing down of trauma, there's a death. Um, and the fight can be quite long and arduous. And you won't know truly where you are in your recovery. Because if you do plant medicines, you always think that you're there. <laughs> and, and then something else happens and some there's you have a very powerful ceremony and you realize oh my god um, there's still more I think egos want to think that there's a schedule that somehow they control the outcome but they don't just simple as that <laughs> with the ayahuasca um, it's not on your schedule because you don't have really a clue if you've been severed from your shadow just you know how big that continent is and um, there's a delicate balance between or oh, there's, a, there's a there's a kind of a bewitching place where um, the ego is delusional it because it believes it has control, but if the ego has been built out of trauma, <coughs> um, you're not controlling anything. Um, I think one of the, the biggest things about all of this is you have to confront the removal of whatever you built, and that is a death. And I was just listening to something where somebody was, you know, the plant made them, you know, be in an ISIS beheading situation where they were being filmed and having their head cut off. I mean, you know, I mean, it can go to quite a lot of extremes. I haven't had that, thank God. But like, you know, I've heard of people that they just, you know, send them down a, a barrel of thorns and, you know, this complete removal of what you built is um, can be very powerful if you're willing again to let that happen and it's a tentative thing it's like you know <coughs> it's like having the car with a brake on right you're <coughs> continuing to push forward but you've got the brake on so it's going and it's stopping and it's that's what it's like because really if you're doing plant medicines you know you're on your way to death that's just unfortunately and brilliantly the ultimate destination is the removal of everything you have ever been and it's very difficult it's just uh, you know, not everyone is willing to run to that precipice. I don't think anyone is. I think it's a slow 
first of all, it's a slow dissolution. And you have to see and acknowledge fully what happened. And again, the plant medicines will work in a way that um, either you surrender to it or you're brought to it in a you know, particular way. Or, but the end goal really is the dissolution. It's like, you know, it's the, you know, if you're sitting on a toxic waste dump, you know, she wants it all out. Because you were never there. If you've been traumatized, you have never been here. You have been flattened by beliefs and terror and versions of yourself and characters. And you're a performance piece. I mean, I literally can, you know, if you're in trauma, you're a, a performance art, right? It's, it's not run by you. It's not who you are. It's the outcome of circumstances. And it's very mythical. I was thinking about, it's really, and I'm going to talk just about my own trauma, which was um, <clears throat> early sexual abuse, being sold, etc. And I'm blacking out and then reinventing the story. And um, it's like somebody holds your soul hostage. It's really what it's like. It's a it's kind of classic fairy tale. Greek mythology, Star Wars. I was literally in a Star Wars ceremony the other night, which was, I mean, it was insane. It was like the battle was on between the light and the dark, and I was, you know, flailed about in this insane, energetic attempt to have this thing that's within me removed. <clears throat> the thing is the energetic barrier, the electrified fence I built, or was built, to not see what was going on. So again, great when you're two, not great when you're 60, you know, it becomes a burial ground, right? So you, you have to, there is a death, you have to and they, yeah, neurogenesis shows it. Like, you know, after people have done this stuff, you can see that the whole pattern, brain pattern changes, right? Neural pathways, etc. And <clears throat> they, it's almost like if you're traumatized, it's like this person who did this thing to me when I was little owns my soul in a way. It's, it's like, imagine an orb of light. Okay, classic, right? your soul is this embodiment of light, which it is. They, uh, they have this orb of light that they're holding you hostage with, right? So in order for me to get that orb back, which is my life force, I need to see what happened, right? My electrified field is the thing that refuses my seeing what happened. Right? It's a thing that I need to tear down, which means I have to face the truth that lies behind that electrified barrier. And that means that I have to see all of it. If I need to, need to re become whole, I need to reconnect with my little kid, my little girl, I need to, sh and they're holding my little girl hostage plus this 
my, and, and so doing my soul, because that's what we arrive with, then my battle was, is with my electrified field. That is my identity, right? So it needs to go completely. And, you know, it's the same thing. You can't be half anything. You have to be fully. It's, you can't be, well, I've seen enough. And that was brought home to me recently where it was like, you know, I had to experience something which is horrific to see it and to weep out the feelings, etc. Yeah, but the battle was insane. I ha and it was a physical thing. It was painful physically. It was, yeah, it, it's, it's, I think about it like when I sit on the mat in these energetic states, it's like <clears throat> you sit in a gel, like this thing shows up, you don't even know, but it's like this energy field that's built around you, which I, I asked the um, Shapiba and they said, yeah, that we're sending the plants. So the plants, beautiful, grateful, I mean, enormously grateful to these incredible magicians and powers, you know, are literally disentangling you. <coughs> they, they create the energy field in which this thing is pulled out. It's like a root, you know, in the soil. You pull this thing out. So it's sitting embedded in my system. And I was thinking how all of this ties together that after my 13, 12, whatever years of meditation and I had that huge first energetic break where it was like volts of energy just was circling through my system. I mean, volts. I was like a nuclear powerhouse, like this whole thing. I thought I was dying. It was just nuclear volts of energy and circular formation throughout my body. It was an opening in my energetic field. It was the first layer. But the first dream, and it was like a very clinical, no-nonsense, you know, here's a blackboard, where I was in a taxi cab in New York, and I got out, and I left my purse and my phone, and I had to go back to my house in London, which was all white, but for this screaming, writhing monster in the attic. And I was terrified of facing it. <clears throat> and that was five years ago, I would say, when that happened. And ever since then, it's been a dissolution of this barrier that I, this thing, that it, it, it showed me in an image, but now I see it's an actual physical entity. <clears throat> In my system, it's an energetic thing that's been slowly pulled out by these, you know, ceremonies and these, it's like someone ignites a microwave and I'm just on, right? Somebody just switches it when I sit down and boom, this thing starts being wrangled out of me. It is a whole energetic thing. Um, and um, it's in me. It is me. Behind it lies the truth of what this man did. 
Behind it lies a child that was taken, blinded, black, you know, whatever. And in order for me to return, to die, to, to whatever, I need to reconnect. In order for me to be whole, I need to reconnect with her. And so I need to see everything. And this thing has to be completely torn down. It's huge. It was, you know, I felt it in, when I was in Peru in a ceremony. It was like I was desperate to get this. I mean, I was in all sorts of contortions to get this energetic block out of me. It was huge. It was like cement. I couldn't puke it out. I couldn't do down dog. I just upside down, inside out. It was so frustrating. It was the first time I actually had to leave the ceremonial space. <clears throat> and it came as a result of a very vivid um, vision where I was, you know, in this office in New York. I had all this power. And she showed me, you can have this. And I started feeling so unbelievably sick. What did that mean? It meant I wasn't allowed to own my power. My power, and then I had to leave the Maloka because I just couldn't puke this thing out. My power was owned by this blockage. And this blockage is this electrified field which literally it just it's not just a blockage in your system, it's a whole being. It like roars its head. Right? Every day. For me to overcome it, for for it to die, for me to die, which is really it. And I don't mean me, I mean that whole identity. I have to connect to that little girl and bring her back. Now I thought I was pretty advanced, not so fast, in that area. And again, <clears throat> you know, never assume ever anything because um, you don't know where you're going in this whole plant medicine journey. You know, I can talk about it after the fact, but I have no idea. There is no, I have no radar for, you know, GPSing my position in the race. And again, it's not a race. There is no time, there is no space. There's just the collapse of this particular identity in this particular moment. <coughs> in this particular hostage-taking situation. And Um, when I recently had this ceremony, it was, again, it's almost like their build-up. So what happens is that if you imagine yourself as layers and layers and layers of trauma, um, and we know this kind of like M&M kind of chocolate smooth top to it. Underneath are just layers and layers that are packed together like cartilage that are... And in the center is your soul. I think that's a lovely way to think about it. It's like in the center is this orb of light. But if you're just a shiny covering on the top of the M&M &M or the chocolate, 
you know, these layers are tightly packed and, you, you know, the AOS keeps dissolving the layers, right? The layers, because you've got to get to the orb of light where you become whole, where you completely connect. But in order to connect, you have to know the truth. You have to tear down, because you've been built from ideas and beliefs around people, right? That's how it is. Whoever your parents are, you were born of them, you know, designed around them. Your beliefs have been built around them. Your whole person, your being, your whole physical entity is basically <clears throat> a reflection of them and their beliefs. So you've been, you know, your beliefs are made physically, you know, materially, emotionally, in your nervous system, everything. So you're really tearing them out of you if there's been trauma related to them. And it seems to me that the only way for me to, to the, the electrified field, which I can see there's this energetic thing that's literally manifest in my face, in my eye, every, it's just like, it, it's like a, a demon. It has a demonic quality. It shows up. It doesn't want me to, if it's still here, it's because it's there's still more information that needs to be revealed. And, <clears throat> you know, I can be completely delusional about, again, where I am in this place, but the fact is that, you know, what's interesting is that as you do mini ceremonies, um, it's, 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 it's like shaking you bit by bit. It's like breaking a little bit here, a little bit there, <clears throat> and then suddenly a whole chunk falls off. So the little cracks, it, she creates little cracks, little cracks, and then one, you know, suddenly you have this ceremony where like, boom, it's Star Wars, the whole thing is being ripped off. And then there's, you know, you're reliving some horrific moment where you're, and you connect with your child because you weep for the feelings of for seeing them and for like, you know, what was done to you. And that weeping and that connection brings you closer to your child. And then, you know, that electrified field gets more weakened. And I'm sure then there'll be another layer. You have to get all of her, all of her or him back. All those feelings. And um, because if not, as I said, the predator owns your soul. Owns your, I see it as, a, as an orb of light. And, you know, there's you know, witchcraft and black magic, and there's all sorts of things that happen. I, I don't know anything about that, but <clears throat> a lot of bad stuff is involved. So, I certainly haven't died completely. Um, perhaps that'll be my next trip down to Peru, where it's just, um, but it's a tearing down. Um, of everything and that means you that means everything you've understood I mean I'm, uh, she, when she tears you down it's everything there is nothing left of you um, if you've been built out of trauma <clears throat> because it's all a big, basically a big toxic waste dump and then you know <clears throat> you get to see who you are, what you're, I mean, I've never known that. I've never known who I am. I have no idea. <clears throat> I've known now 
what made me, I know now, beginning to fully recognize the, <clears throat> you know, the shock horror of the truth. It's almost like, it's, it's, it's really like, um, you know, underneath the ocean, there's this massive dragon, right? <clears throat> and you're sitting on this little, little island and, and it's, you know, it seems like it's, you're frolicking around and having a great time, but really, you know, underneath is this massive dragon. And you're actually hostage of that. And everything you've built is, that little island is really just a front for this, you know, swamp of <clears throat> shit that lies underneath. And this dragon really owns your life. I'm just putting it in kind of like more poetic terms. But really, that's what it's like. It's, you really control nothing. It controls you. And if it happened early on and you have no access to it, I certainly didn't, then <clears throat> it's a total um, illusion. And what's happening now is very slowly the island is sinking and the dragon is appearing. And as the dragon appears, so I connect to my little girl because when you know when she when she when you become the the kind of light in the dark battleground and she pulls up your you know the thing that's keeping you hostage it's almost like the dragon is disabled you know at the entrance of a cave and you go in and your little girl come, or little boy comes out and you see and you see what's going on and it's and it kind of rips you up it rips up your heart and you just weep because you see the actual truth so in the same way that the the kind of the monster in the attic is terrifying me the monster in the attic is the one that's holding back the truth so i you need to keep disabling the ego or the identity you keep you know basically switching it off so you can get past it to the truth that's really basically it it's quite simple and it owns you if you're scared and it owns you if you've been traumatized and the plant medicines are basically that the you know they disable them so you can get to connect with the the child that's been taken hostage or the truth. So, and that's what the plant medicine does. You know, it basically, why it's so powerful, it will shut off your ego. It disables your ego and then just goes right in and pulls out the truth of what happened. That's the only way you can see because your ego is extraordinarily powerful. <clears throat> it runs the show. Um, I remember somebody said to me once, a, a dear friend said, you know, I don't have an ego. I'm like, oh my God, your ego. And it, she was very, he's actually, he, he was a very quiet guy. And, 
oh my God, his ego was, in the same way, loud people can, you know, it's all the same thing, but just because you're quiet doesn't mean you don't have an ego. It's just a more furtive, <coughs> more furtive and secretive. It's still an ego, still being run by trauma. So, that's basically it. She's, if you're on this, um, you know, path to death, <laughs> to death and life, I mean, you're all eventually going to disappear anyway, but if you're on this kind of like um, removal of, well, actually, it's just, it's just return home. Just go home, you know, I want to be home, to be whole. <clears throat> then I have to, you know, realize that the island that I'm on is just simply, you know, um, defense mechanism. It's not real. It's just built to um, hide the other thing. I mean, you don't, I didn't know it. I didn't know I had built all of this in response to that at all. I had no, somebody asked me yesterday, how did you know? I was like, I, I had no idea. I mean, I literally was out to lunch. I had no idea. And they said to me, well, what were you like before? And I was like, well, I think I was just more nervous. I was more, you know, when you're on the verge of death all day, like, you know. <clears throat> I was always just doing to get things done, you know, on the, on this kind of, it's like being, you know, catapulted out of a, a cannon, you know, it's like you're, you're just going for the sake of going. There's no, it's just every moment is a, it's like a minefield. You're always going to get blown up. So you're always in a constant panic. You're just like, okay, next, next, next. And now it's like, I can barely move. Actually, I do move, but you know, it's like the awareness is, is, is pretty powerful. It doesn't, you know, once you've seen a lot of this stuff, it doesn't mean that you're completely transformed, but it's like, yeah. Everything's been slowed down to a snail's pace. And I think the AOS has kept me in quarantine for the last four years anyway. So <clears throat> she's like, we're not going until we're done. So, you know, uh, it's like there's no energy until you get this shit over and done with. There's nothing. You're going to, you know, it's a slow death <laughs> I'm seeing. Um, and, you know, I am so grateful, I mean, to have this incredible ally. It's insane. It's insane. Um, <clears throat> and is it frustrating? Of course, you know, you, you want it to be over. Your, well, your ego does, right? Your ego wants it to be over. And she's like, no, nope, you're not moving. And slowly in this kind of sort of slowing down in this kind of like, you have to, it's like, you're, it's like um, almost, you can't see any of this. It's all ether. It's all energy around you. So you can't, you're not like, <clears throat> you know, you're not in front of a devil every day. It's not like there's people around you with funny outfits and tails. It's not like that at all. It's just like, you know, your energy is just thick. It's just, um, you know there's something that needs to be done. And every time you sit in a ceremony, it's like, 
you see this thing. It's, it's slowly but surely. It's like a dragon. It's being pulled out of you. And it is you. And it is you, my case anyway, hiding him, hiding what happened. That means that I'm severed from my child. That means I am, you know, he took my child, he took my soul. And then I had to build this sort of dragon or electrified field or whatever it is, however you want to describe it, so that <clears throat> I wouldn't see it. Because if I get to see it, then I don't get to live anymore. Right? I, don't, I mean, I get to live, but I don't get to be this person. And that's terrifying for the ego. Again, when it's all blown up, what you become, I, I don't know. I have no idea who I am. I have no idea. But I do know that there's a very, if you're in trauma, <clears throat> and there is this, it's, it's the dragon. It's like, you know, the hero's journey, right? It's like you have to slay the dragon. The dragon, you have to go into that cave. You have to disable the dragon, which is you, which is your identity and your ego. You have to give it up, disable it, get into that cave, into the darkness, and bring yourself back. You know, by seeing, <clears throat> refeeling everything that happens. It means your whole life is torn down. You know, who cares really, right? It's like, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, it's like, I'd rather, you know, like to be a boat in a boat out in the, by the Azores where the people on La Vagabond, which I adore, is. <clears throat> but I'm in prison if I'm owned by that. As simple as that. I'm not going anywhere if, um, if I'm still fueling that dragon by refusing to go into the cave. You know, that's all this is about. I never knew I had a dragon. I <clears throat> had no idea. Um, I defended the dragon. I protected the dragon. Um, and it was actually a living entity inside of me and I had a vision of the dragon, you know, my first hit of uh, after the meditation for 13 years and then the ayahuasca disabled the dragon. And at one point it was an exorcism which basically an energetic break with it. But it was fiercely clinging on and it continues to fiercely cling on. Um, so these cracks, it's, and uh, you know, for me, it's, it's almost like the earth crust. It's just, there's a crack here, there's a crack here, and then there's a huge sloughing of one, of a scale of like one, but then something else comes out. I mean, there's a huge burial here from zero to seven. It was like so much horror happened. I don't remember any of it. So you know, to even to reveal it to myself is very powerful, right? It's been, keep, you know, kept deeply hidden. 
So it's quite, I mean, it seems complicated, but it's not. What she's doing is, or what the ayahuasca, or what the plant medicine does is, and it's, you know, happening on some other plane, is basically she's disabling the dragon that's keeping the secret. So, and the dragon is an entity and it lives as an energy within me. And as it's disabled and as I don't agree to it anymore, the memories and the feelings are allowed to come up and then I can weep them out of my system and I can reconnect to my little girl. And, it, and that's how you get your power back. Somebody said, oh, you know, it's so sad. I've spent 30 years doing this. I'm thinking, God, you know, I've been doing it for 60 years. It doesn't really matter how long it takes. This is an unending, infinite thing that's going on here. It's not this life, it's other life. So, you know, if you start, it's a very ego thing, like, oh, it's, I don't want to spend time. It's like my life is passing away. It's not that important, sweetie. You know, it's like your life is not that big a deal. <clears throat> your ego will tell you it is, but, you know, billions have come before, billions will come after. Just attend to what you need to attend to in this moment. I mean, that's really the great gift, right? Is it frustrating? Is it challenging? It's horrific. I mean, I've literally been in like a bowl of gel for the last four years. <coughs> Five years, whatever. It's been just, I'm not moving, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm being completely re-sculpted internally. I'm being torn up. I'm like a, a demolition site. And this is a tough one because, you know, my fortress is very, very powerful. So, because what happened was so awful, right? Um, so, yeah, consider it, I mean, if you, if it's difficult to consider as in our day-to-day, -day, I, I would imagine it like in a sort of Harry Potter, I would put it into, it's a mythological thing, it really is, it really is you are going back to take back your soul that's been stolen. That's it. <clears throat> However you get there, again, you know, whatever it takes. Because, you know, again, the outside is just, you know, full of 10 million distractions. Who you need, who you need to be, what you should be. I mean, we're all uniquely different. We're unique. There's nothing, no, no two people alike. Each person living their relative life, you know, in their own way. Someone's there, you know, snowboarding in the Himalayas right now and someone else is just, you know, is in a funeral home, like being embalmed. I mean, we're all in different places, going through different things at different stages. It's all happening at the same time. Death, life, birth, whatever. So, the, I wouldn't cling on to any version of what you need to be. You know, that was... I would, you know, just don't get caught up in all that frenzy and it's like, you know, sharks, you know, attacking a, you know, school, a school of fish. It's just like, don't get caught up because it just takes you away from <coughs> what you need to attend to for you. And, you know, for me it was a fantastic distraction, you know, everything outside was just perfect for my ego because it just, 
you know, it's a, you're in a swarm of bees. You're not going to be looking at who you are and what's going on in you. I mean, it took the ayahuasca to just to blow me up. So I could get a kind of a beginning look at, okay, there's a problem here. <laughs> Um, yeah, there is a huge problem here. I'm, I'm being held, held hostage by a dead person. And I've, you know, built a, a fortress to ensure that I will be severed from myself. <coughs> and, um, you know, a very... Um, energized dragon that will not let me see what happened and now really my journey is I got to tear all this shit down and um, see the truth and return and then who do I get to be I don't fucking know I don't know what will happen right <clears throat> that's big for ego it's, it's big for the ego whatever you built doesn't matter what, I don't know people call it ego but whatever it is you know, to be torn down, it's quite difficult. And then, you know, again, I didn't see it, I had no idea. It was fully owned, no idea, no a clue. It's been stages and stages and stages and stages of seeing and, you know, being returned. And, you know, one of the things which is really amazing is like, I, when I, you know, on a recent ceremony, it was, you know, intergalactic, to say the least. Um, a battle between the light and the dark and this roaring dragon and... <clears throat> and the seeing of what lay behind, which is horrific. Um, is, you know, that I... There was no family. It was just... Uh, I mean, the only, it's hysterical. I mean, it's hysterical. It's insane to think that the Indians see me. <laughs> it's insane. I, I couldn't see me. Nobody else did. No family member did. I'm talking about, you know, of course, you being seen by your family. And no one else can see. I mean, if it's not your family, right? But that to think that <clears throat> a plant saw me bothered to look, bothered to care. It's insane. It's insane. And, you know, I would quite happily have lived in a kind of, without a family and, you know. And yes, I've known love through people and stuff and relationships, you know, whatever. But that, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about like that deep, you know, divine love. I mean, that all-encompassing thing that you get from your parents, which is unconditional and giving and loving and huge and, you know, that's the first love affair you have is with your family, right? It's the first intimacy that you have. Therein, from then on, it's just, you know, whatever. But that's really the, the kind of the anchor. And I, if you don't have that anchor, you really are adrift. I was completely adrift. And you can have relationships and yes, 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 whatever. That, but, you know, 
that's where you're forged is in that place, right? It's that deep making of you with that very powerful Nutella ingredient of love. And if it's not there, you're adrift. I've certainly been adrift. Let's see. And <clears throat> to have this plan, which is a consciousness, come in and, yes, tear me apart. First of all, even see me, see that I was lost. I didn't even know I was lost, for fuck's sake. I had no idea I was completely lost. But that she had that immense love to even track me down, <laughs> which she did. It was like a GPS. And, you know, give me shelter and refuge and love. I mean, the amount of love I have received and the, 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 the enormity of it from this plant is just, has been insane. I, I, it's insane. And connection. And home. I mean, I literally found a home. And, I mean, not that I don't have a regular life and I have, yes, friends and I have great friends and boyfriends, whatever. But, you know, to have been um, you know, re I mean, just home. I mean, it's home. It's one of the things I'd asked for many years ago. I wrote this book called Walking Home. And I knew I was somewhat not here, adrift, but I never really understood to what extent. And I really was like, I just want to go home. I want to go home. And I truly found home. It's insane. And it's a home in this incredible divine connection. And I think of like the amount of money in churches and all this other stuff. And, you know, I've been around all of that. You know, Christianity and Buddhism and, you know, all the noise and the da 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 da, -da. I have never had someone see me, you know, heal me, open me up to the truth. I mean, it's insane. Like that incredible love. I mean, all of this, you know, to be taken back through eons of time to the beginning of when you were here and show you what happened and f help you fight the, the dragon. I mean, just no. No, nowhere else. Nowhere else. Not in a shrink's office, not in a church. That's all BS. It's all like just fingers pointing at the moon. No. To have been brought into this dimension where <clears throat> every cell in your body is, is scoured. Where everything is opened up where everything is polished and, you know, and I just know. Um, it's miraculous and it's here and it's true and it's, you know, has it taken time out of my life? 
Yeah, like, but what, I'd rather walk around crippled and, you know, completely in the wrong place and pretending and, yeah, I could have done that for another 400 years. So I don't know what end, what's at the end of it. I don't, don't know. But it's like being home. When, you know, this powerful light is shone, when, you know, your whole continent of shadow is opened up. When you are taken in, guided by the Shipibo, by the plants, by your spirit guides, you know, which happen to be many, many Indians. Um, yeah, that you can be dismantled, that you have to face, you know, they'll, they're there whilst you face the dragons that you need to slay. And, I mean, I knew none of this, I, none of this existed. I had no idea any of this existed at all. I mean, are you serious? It's like being on another planet, right? But the tension is around you and helping you heal. I mean, who else does that? At that level, no one, nothing. Not that I know of. And yes, you know, you'll have to dedicate your time in the same way you might have to go for chemo or constantly go to a shrink or whatever. I mean, she does it, this plant does it, you know, at its own time and its own way. You don't know where it's going. You don't know what you're going to see next if you've, you know, kept a, a trove of rooms shut off with information in it then you don't know you know I don't know I mean it's clear I have to slay the dragon I have to completely connect to all my little children and all their terror and I have to see and you know I have to give up this story this evil that I was owned by I had no idea <sighs> so that this power, that this love, that this healing can exist. Not through another person, not through a, some book, not through some BS, somebody's got a certificate over their head, and what the fuck? You know, if, that's, no. This is the real deal. It's, it, it's packed with love. It's fueled with love. But it's a disciplined mother. It will say, okay, okay, here we go. You have to face this. You have to see this. You know, it's like... It's like the Navy SEALs showing up, you know, for a hostage taking. They know you. They care. They bring love to help you heal, to help you see, because you're gonna to have to see things you do not wanna see. And you can't see that alone. You can't, first of all, you don't even know it exists, and then when it does exist, it's like, you can't go in there alone. I mean, they're gonna guide you. They're gonna be there with you, your spirit guides, whatever. Again, it all depends on how powerful your trauma is. So I, you know, I, I, I'm going to get to the precipice and eventually disappear. I mean, whatever this thing is, not me. I'm just saying about this, this thing. This thing will eventually crumble or I'll have to go back to Peru and do another ceremony. But, I, you know, it's, um, 
you know, it's like finding the site of the wound or, or of the disease, right? They found it, they've exposed it to me. It needs to be more and more exposed to be pulled out completely. And also, the great thing about this medicine is the more you go in, the more you're revealed, the more you trust. And it's almost like you surrender to the universe. Like that's one of the things you, you give up when you're little and you're traumatized. You don't trust the universe. You don't trust anyone. And one of this, the great things for me is I have to keep trusting her more and more and more. I have to keep trusting that she's not going to hurt me, that she's going to love me and take care of me, which I do, absolutely. But the more you go into those caves and you get to see more darkness, you, you will only allow yourself to see it if you're guided by this incredible love and by trusting the universe, by trusting that you're being guided to your own redemption. Even if it gets, because it's going to get really dark, very, very dark before it gets light. And, you know, of course, you know, no one wants to see any of this stuff. You don't want to see what happened. You don't want to go in there. It's unbearable. But it's not if you realize that actually you're being guided in by the universe and by love. And again, as they say in these ceremonies, it's really for your own good. You know, the ayahuasca is not there to hurt you. It's there to... Whatever happens, you know, as I sit in these kind of beam-me-up Scotty kind of energetic fields and I'm, you know, it's like an st intergalactic Star Wars thing, um, you know, it's, uh, I trust. I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, your trust, is, that's it, it's a shift. You know, if you're, if you're fully anchored by ego, there's little trust in anything that doesn't, you know, do its bidding. And little by little, as you let it go, there's a bigger trust in the universe and what's happening, and there's a complete shift of power, right? And the ego gets let more and more weak. In, in, the, in the face of light, in the face of the universe, the universe has no power, the ego has no power. I mean, the ego, my ego is fighting with it, with the universe, right? But... It's losing every battle, because every battle I get to see more and more. Yeah. It is really the battle with life. So, the death of it is, is really where it's at, of all of it. You know, you'll, if you're doing it, you'll go through different stages. If you're committed, you know, whatever, you'll, <laughs> if you'll quarantine, you'll not. I mean, everybody has a different experience and you're going to go through it in a different way. Um, you know, the, as it's like the opera stage will change, you know. Your idyllic, frolicking sheep, sunny day stage will suddenly turn into the, you know, the deep forest of darkness or the raging storm at sea where your battle where your boat breaks up into a million pieces and or as that guy had him go through three thousand different ways of dying, which is like, oh my God, going down a shoot of thorns. 
I don't know, but in the end, you can manage everything. That's the most powerful thing. It's if you know that you're guided and that there's love and you can do anything. And it's a falsehood anyway, right? If you're living from fear, it's, a, it's not a life. You're paralyzed. There is no living. There's just paralysis. So, yeah. There's a lot to be grateful for. Um, I'm eternally grateful for this connection. And I don't know how I got here, but I did. We don't know how we get to healing what we do. Trust. There's always the universe. It somehow is telling us which way to go if we listen, if we truly listen. And sometimes we don't, and like me, we have to get kicked off a cliff. But after you get kicked off a cliff, it's like there's a crack in your earlobes, and you're like, okay, something is wrong. Nothing is working. And there's a commitment to like, I need to get this fixed. Don't know how, don't know when. Um, and, you know, you'll get off into the side road and little by little you'll get there. And it might involve a funeral or two of your ego and some horrific seeing and some, you know, release of massive emotions. But in the end, none of this really matters if we're not whole. It doesn't matter cares, right? Becoming whole, living from our truth, from our heart, aligned with the universe, aligned with the truth of who we are. You know, there really isn't a lot of fear if you know and believe in what you do and who you are. Don't. There's a lot of anxiety and fear if you're living on a you know, a crack, a fall in the, in the earth. It's always about to burst and about to blow. And yeah, everybody, we all do our fair share of denial. I certainly do. Binging is my favorite. Netflix thing is great, you know. Especially when I'm getting close to sort of big, another great, you know, break in the crack of, you know, the layers of trauma. And that's okay. Just get there. However you get there, you know, get, get home, whatever that means to you. Um, you know, find the island. Find the place that makes you whole. And it can only happen with you. It's not another person or another thing. Or blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's all... It's happening within you. You have to do it. There's no one there to help you. I mean, as far as, you know, if you want it, you get it. If you don't, you can float. But really, you know, you have to have the courage to go do it. No one can do it for you. You can hide, whatever. Yeah, so there is this immense, powerful place of divinity that is 
love in a, in a huge way in these places that can heal you. Home awaits everyone who has been traumatized. It's just not the home that you thought originally. <laughs> Bye.